Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, Ian, it was closer than I thought it would be and ended exactly the way that I thought it would, which is probably why this is take four now. Uh, And uh, we didn't know we were going to be talking about this game the way we are going to, which is probably why we have to keep restarting. And I think that's a positive. I I think when we did the podcast earlier in the week, we tried to convince ourselves that the Broncos would be able to cover that huge two-touchdown spread. But we probably had PTSD from the last 10 games. And the fact that the Broncos went into Kansas City against this Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes machine and kept it close throughout the game is a positive development for this organization and this team. And I think that's something that you can put your hat on. Obviously, it didn't end the way everyone wanted it to. And people will say there are no moral victories in the National Football League. But in my horse tracks on Sunday morning, I asked the question, which version of Drew is going to get unlocked? And it wasn't, it was, it was about Drew Locke, but it was about the team. What team are we going to see against the Kansas City Chiefs? Is it going to be the one that's been absolutely blown out the last three games? Or is it going to be a team that can show us that they can compete? And I think we got the answer to that question on Sunday night. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, the Denver Broncos were not the better team on the field. Like, I don't think that there's anybody who is sitting here after this game thinking, wow, the, the Broncos are just as good as the Chiefs. No, there's no way that you walked away from this game thinking that because there was never really a point, at least in my mind. And I, I again, I feel like as we were watching that, I, I sort of couldn't, I couldn't find, I couldn't cheer because I felt like I wasn't supposed to be watching this game. Like this was not the game we were supposed to be watching. But at the same time, this was a Denver Broncos team that for all intents and purposes should have been blown out uh, because that's the history of this Broncos team, especially as constituted blown out. And they didn't, they, they went into a hostile environment. I know it's a slightly emptier arrowhead stadium than you're used to in December, and it wasn't as cold and snowy as you're used to in December. And all those sort of factors that play into what makes Arrowhead Stadium a diff- difficult place to play, especially in December. But even that, they still went into a place that is not easy to win. And they put up a pretty good fight. I, I did think it was pretty fitting that you had sort of bookend interceptions from Drew Locke. That was kind of, that, that sort of, made sense to me. That was maybe the only thing in this game that made any sense to me at all, because there were so many things in this game that made you just shake your head and go, what was that? Why did that happen? How did that happen? Like, uh, for example, the Tyreek Hill non-touchdown catch that was (laughs) clearly a touchdown catch, but the Broncos caught a break. That was the other thing about this. The Broncos caught pretty much all the breaks. At least that's the way I felt about it. And they almost capitalized. 
but they didn't. And you're right, no moral victories, but at least I wasn't like hate watching the game by the end. And I think there there are two ways, there are two different forks that you can take this path. You can be upset that they lost, and it's now at 11 games, and see that they're no closer to beating the Chiefs. Or you can look at the positive and see what this defense just did to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it's, I, I think this is going to be a confidence booster for this team. I think it's going to be for this offense. I think it's going to be for Drew Locke. Yes, he threw two interceptions. The first at, at, the, at the beginning of the game was just Drew Locke thinking that he's Jay Cutler. Like he just he makes decisions that are very Jay Cutler esque. Like I I have the arm, I'm just gonna wing it because I can. But he doesn't have Jay Cutler's arm. <laughs> and it's it, it's that it's that gunslinger mentality that young quarterbacks have. That I have the arm, I can make this happen. It's just learning how to play the position at a professional level, and I think that will come. I think you have to take the good with the bad because the good in this game, in between those two picks, Drew Locke was really, really good. The offense was really, really good. To keep to continue with this perplexing thing, how was Jerry Judy not targeted? That's something that I don't understand at all, but this is Pat Shermer. The run game, very effective. Melvin Gordon was someone who was just phenomenal, as was the offensive line. Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Austin Schlotman stick, uh, stepping in for Graham Glasgow. DeMar Dotson, Lloyd Cushenberry. The offensive line was phenomenal. K.J. Hamler, yes, he had the drop, but he brought those elements that the Chiefs have with Tyreek Hill. Noah Fant finally made an appearance. The thing that you have to keep in mind, this is still, and we've touched on this so many times, is this team is so young, especially offensively. And you don't have your number one receiver in Cortland Sutton. So you, what you do is you take what they did against the Chiefs, and you can feel good about it. I feel good about the way the Denver Broncos played in Kansas City in December against who I feel is the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, it's interesting. You brought up sort of all these young names and and, and all these guys who – you sort of you can feel and a lot of this is feel right as fans a lot of this is feel we get done watching the game and this is how we feel but you can feel that if if there is one thing that the Broncos have going for them right now it is their youth on offense because and we talked about this before the season started and I think we've gone away from it because of how bad the season has been there is there is a, a youth movement on the offense that it, these guys can grow up together. And I know that sounds crazy. And we talked, I mean, there was talking, you know, obviously a little bit of talk about Drew Locke not needing his mommy to step in for him earlier in the week and whatever. I let that stuff go. The, these guys are still growing up. They're growing up in the league. And that that is a big difference from just like, well, now you're now you're 18 and you're an adult. They're growing up in the league. They they are young, they are talented. And, and while they didn't throw up, you know, 35 points against this Chiefs team, they, they also didn't completely collapse in a way that, that really cost the defense. That's the other thing that I think is really going to be overlooked. The, the offense didn't 
put up a ton of points, which, okay, fine. But they also didn't just completely poo themselves throughout the entire game, which, again, has been the history of the Denver Broncos, at least recent history, against the Chiefs. They sort of poo themselves to the point where the defense really can't keep playing at that high level because they were able to stay on the field, because they were able to run the ball, because those young players seemed to be growing up a little bit in front of us, you could sort of see that the defense wasn't just completely gassed at the end of that game. And you could tell by the fact that they held Kansas City to a field goal and gave Drew Locke and the offense a chance to, albeit slim chance, a chance to go down and possibly score a game-winning touchdown. Did it happen? No. Did Drew Locke throw an interception? Yeah. Was it a bad interception? I actually don't think that it was. I think you get to fourth down there and you're trying to make a play and get into field goal range or whatever it is and you push the ball a little bit. That might have been his least awful interception of the season. Is that a do you get a you don't get a trophy for that, right? That's not like a, a medal or like a little like a little plaque or something like nothing, nothing for that. Least awful interception of the season. Nice job, Drew. I think what I take away from this is at the end of the game, it's a difficult situation to be in to ask him to go on a game winning drive in Kansas City with under a minute left. I mean, no timeouts. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. So, no, I, I don't think the interception is that big of a deal. While the first one was bad, I like the fact that he regrouped and he was able to come back and play incredibly well. The question that's going to be asked, and it's already being asked, was Vic Fangio too conservative with his decision to punt on fourth and three instead of going for it? Because regardless of – I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still going to get the ball back. Do you – I mean, this may be something that we can ask later in the week, but in the moment, would you have preferred Vic Fangio to go for it there to be – uh, to, to steal a line from Patrick Waugh, that he should have put his, put his balls on the table. Yeah, you know what? I think as a fan and as someone who looks at this season as a season that's pretty much gone, uh, you're not making the playoffs. You're not, you're not going to make a deep run if you do get into the playoffs. I mean, there's, there's so many things, so many variables that play into it. I think you'd like to see aggressiveness there because you know that it doesn't matter. Like it, right in the back of my mind, I know this doesn't matter. The other thing I will say for that, though, is if I'm Vic Fangio, I'm trying to win a football game. And the last thing I want is to not pick up this fourth down. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. I mean, I feel like Melvin Gordon was was running pretty well. You probably could have run for that fourth down. That's how well he was doing. But at the same time, let's say you don't get it. Now the Chiefs have 50 yards to go, and they have Patrick Mahomes and this incredible offense, and you're asking your defense to play with a short field. And Really, they did pretty well in the field position battle and the time of possession battle all night. So do you want to sacrifice that and kind of sacrifice your defense or just put that much more on them? Which is something that I just got done talking about, the fact that the offense did not do that to them, which is why they were in it at the end to begin with. So you kind of are playing with fire there on either side, right? It's a double-edged sword. Am I am I upset he didn't go for it from the fans' perspective? Absolutely I am. But do I understand the decision that he made as a coach recognizing how well his defense was playing and thinking I can keep us in this game if I punt here and let my defense do their job. 
yeah, that's the that's the move you want to make. And the other aspect of that, Vic Fangio's a defensive coach. What do you think he's going to do? I, I mean, seriously, the defense is not the problem with this team anyway. So you're going to complain about him putting his defense in a better position to be successful than risking that and forcing them to you know play with their backs against the wall all the time. I, I guess, I, I I guess I'm fine with it. I, I mean, I would have liked to have seen him go for it, but I'm fine with it. I don't think it made that much of a difference. I think it's it's a moment where you have to trust your team. You have to take the statistics aside from it because it's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you kept the, you you kept him out of the end zone. They were what zero for four in the red zone. You, you the law of averages is eventually going to catch up. So go for it. You have nothing to lose. Put the faith in your offense so they can get it done. That's what I want. It, w- it was a moment for Vic Fangio to, to understand situational football, to just take the, to take what his feeling is and say to take the John Fox out of it because that was a John Fox decision. It John totally Fox was. would have never gone for it in that situation. But it, it was a moment for him to to show faith in his offense. Like, all right, go out and do it. We're four and seven. We have a chance to win this game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Shermer, call up the best play that you have for fourth and three. Let's make it happen. Six minutes left. Do it. Let's do it. It was it was a moment to show that he understands situational football. Because when you go back earlier in the game, he kicks a 57-yard field goal instead of punting. And I love Brandon McManus, but long 50 long. 55-yard and over field goals are hard to make in the National Football League. Why do you, in that moment, kick the field goal and you are aggressive, and then on that fourth and three, you're not? So to me, it was like he had his moment where he was aggressive, and he's like, eh, I don't want to do it again because it it bit me once. Who cares? Just go out and do it. Do it again. You get in that repetitive nature and then this is why I think Gary Kubiak was so successful in that 2015 season is the recall. They went through every situation possible so that when it arose, they were successful and it led to a Super Bowl. This is a moment where he could have caught, taught the young guys on offense, we're going to play to win the game. We're not going to play to just come in and be competitive. We're going to come in and play to win. That's where I have a problem with it. Sure. I th- I th- and I think that's all very valid, and I totally agree with it. There's nothing you said do I disagree with. But I do think it points to, and this is I, I kind of have this vision of, of Vic Fangio. I talked about the youth of this offense needing to grow up together. Vic Fangio needs to grow up as a head coach, and I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way. I, I'm not saying, oh, you need to grow up. That's not what that is. What I am implying here is that he is still learning, and it's frustrating that he's still learning it, but I think he is. He is still learning how to be a head coach. Time management, making decisions about going for it on fourth down and things like that. Those are the those are the opportunities that he's had to learn, to grow, to become better at his job. There is no one who is complaining about his ability to call a defense. No one. If you no, are, especially after Sunday night's game. <laughs> if if I mean, you are, goodness. go away. You know, like I don't need you here. But there are certainly people who are complaining about his ability to manage a game. I, I, I point to that field goal that you talk about. He was aggressive, and then they iced their kicker. That that to me was insane. 
the Chiefs just called a timeout. So the only person who could call timeout is Vic Fangio. Brandon McManus trots out there. You don't want to call timeout and then make him think about it. You want him to go out there and kick the ball because he's going to be more successful that way. I did not understand that timeout. I thought that was even more egregious than not going for it on that fourth down because it wasn't that he didn't trust his offense or didn't trust his defense. Because I think what happens with that fourth down is, at least I believe that he's thinking, my my defense is better than my offense right now. I trust my defense and I want to win this game. With Brandon McManus going out there to kick the field goal, it was just, he, he was too indecisive. And then it was like, okay, I got to call a timeout here. And calls the timeout and McManus is standing there going, okay, I guess I'll wait. And as good as McManus has been, every single kicker is going to go and deflate a little bit. And then you got to pump yourself back up and you got to get ready to kick it. And then maybe you overdo, which is my guess on what McManus did because he hooked it, right? He pulled it a little bit. Anytime I gear up to hit a drive as hard as I can, I don't slice, I hook. So it is something that Vic Fangio has to get better at. That is where he has to improve. He has to get better at managing a game and making good game time decisions. I don't know what the process is for that other than continuing to coach games and running through scenarios and meetings and those kinds of things. I I totally understand that, but he has to get better because that is a situation where it could have cost this team and it might've cost them the chance to win or have a better chance to win. Maybe you're driving for a field goal there instead of driving for a touchdown and you don't have to push the ball. And now Drew Locke isn't trying to push too much. He only needs 20 yards so that Brandon McManus can go out there and kick a field goal. And you don't have any timeouts anyway, so you can't ice him anyway. I'm not usually one to look at statistics because both of us are, we come from the Rick Riley mode where, Numbers really don't mean anything. Well, I don't understand them. But it's fascinating when you do have a game like this and you look at the statistics. The Broncos were 7 of 13 on third down. The Chiefs, 3 of 10 in the red zone. I mentioned it earlier. The Chiefs were 0 for 4. The Broncos, 2 for 2. The Broncos won the time of possession which isn't that big of a deal against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That you really, saw how quick they scored that touchdown. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the, the turnovers, I think, are especially that first one. The, the last one, I, I mean, it's the end of the game. You almost uh, don't it, even – if you don't count that, it's only a plus one, right? I mean, it, it doesn't right. – it's not that big a deal. So what was the what was the determining factor in the game? It was It was so even. The Broncos actually performed somewhat better. What was the difference in the game? To me, it's clear. It's not going to make the QB wins guys who don't believe it any happier. The difference in the game was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the reason the Chiefs won that football game. They, They weren't able to really run the ball, but the things that he's able to do in the pocket are in credible the throws he can make when you look at the things that drew lock on that interception in particular drew lock throws an interception what does patrick mahomes do he somehow completes passes to samuel to sam to sammy watkins or travis kelsey it is maddening because the thing of it is and i and i've said this to you we've said on our podcast he is the closest version to john elway playing in the nfl right now because he makes it look so 
mother effing easy. And it's maddening. This, I mean, this is our comeuppance for John Elway. I didn't this, even do anything. Well, we had John Elway. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't trade for him. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. But, but that, to me, that's, that's the reason the Chiefs won. It wasn't, it wasn't their defense. It wasn't Tyron Matthew. It wasn't Chris Jones. It wasn't Chris Clark. It wasn't Andy Reid. It wasn't Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't Tyreek Hill. It wasn't Travis Kelsey. It wasn't Sammy Watkins, Mikel Hardman. It wasn't any of those guys. It was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's a, a fair assessment. You know, the other the other thing about Patrick Mahomes, I, I wanted to ask you a question about this because it, it was something that I think is interesting. When you watch him make those, you're talking about those plays, right, where he's he's thrown back across the field in situations where if, if Drew Locke did that, it's an interception. If any other quarterback, save maybe Aaron Rodgers, right, which, you, I mean, you could throw him in there. They're, he's scrambling, throwing back across the field, and there are receivers there that should never be there. And Chris Collinsworth, who I know some of you just threw up in your mouth a little bit, that's fine. He made mention of it during the broadcast, and it, it sort of caught my attention because it does seem like Andy Reid's offense, the way that he draws it up, they they have to practice. When when Mahomes starts to move, you, you go to this spot. Because there's no way, there's no way that, that, that that's where you're supposed to be but you're there and Mahomes knows he's going to be there. So yeah, it's, I agree with you. The reason that Kansas city is as good as they are is because of Patrick Mahomes. And it proves every time I watch great quarterbacks play, it proves to me that what you need to be successful in the NFL is competent quarterback play. And what you need to win super bowls in the NFL is great quarterback play. Unless you have an incredible defense, which you see every now and then. So it is, it's like, how does he do that? There has to be some element of Andy Reid implementing things in his offense that says to Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, uh, Tyreek Hill, when when things break down, you go here, you go here, you go here, find the hole, he'll hit you. And, and then he has the arm talent to make those across his body throws, his no-look throws, the ones where he you know sticks his tongue out winks at a guy and then flips it underhand and and laughs like i i assume that he's going to do that at some point if he hasn't done it already so yeah you're not wrong patrick mahomes is the reason they win that game and that sucks but the thing to keep in mind about all of this and we saw it in with cleveland against tennessee and we had a, a local a, a a passionate uh, viewer or listener of the podcast mention it that seeing Baker Mayfield do what he did today is proof that you have to stick with Drew Locke. And remember, they had no training camp, they had no OTAs, they had no mini camp, no preseason. Let's give Drew Locke the ability to grow into the position. I, and I think what we saw from him and the Broncos on Sunday night is a step or two or three in the right direction. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.